0: Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by Community Pastor Ian Simkins as we wrap up our series "Above All Names." For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9:30 a.m., 11:15 a.m., and 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. Well, good morning, community. How are you feeling this morning? Good morning. <laughs> right on. Let me be the first to say, uh, "Merry Christmas." right? Am I not the first? Okay, I know. I think Christmas was like so last week, right? But does anyone does anyone feel like Christmas was like over before it began? Anyone with me there? Like, like you finally got the tree up. You're like, oh, it's time to take the tree down. Excellent. Like you know you have a problem if you're like dusting your tree in February. That's a good sign that you have a problem. How about lights? Anyone? I, I, does anyone have like 10,000 Clark Griswold lights to take down still. That, that's like part of your plan for today is to take that down. My family, when I was a kid, I think came up with a genius plan. Um, they just left all of them up year round. Uh, yeah, we were that family. Some of you were like, shocker. Until one summer, uh, we were gone on vacation, and our neighbor kind of passively, aggressively took down all the lights and coiled them nicely and put them on our porch. Um, <laughs> and then we never talked to him again. Uh, or how about presents, right? Did anyone take out a second mortgage on your home to buy presents this year? Anyone? Like, you, like we've, like, all the toy and video game stock just went up 18 points. Like, it's, and, and how about this experience? Anyone, like, uh, three days after Christmas, after you bought all these toys, one of your kids says to you, Dad, I'm bored, right? Like, bo- bored. We just bought you, that Power Rangers Action Fire, Temple of Doom,. Temp, uh, how are you bored? Well, I am. I'm just going to go play with the old toys now. I don't know about you, but like, sometimes this season is just a bit of a blur, isn't it? Like Does anyone have a hard time keeping track of what day of the week it is between the 25th and the 31st? Anyone, else? Like, I'm amazed any of us are here right now. Is this kind of a miracle that any of us actually knew that today was Sunday? But it's, it's not just Christmas, though. It's not just Christmas. I feel like, in a lot of ways, our lives are filled with things that just don't last long enough. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Like, you wish they would just last a little bit longer. Here are some of my personal favorites of things that I wish lasted longer. Uh, phone batteries. Can I get an amen? amen. Oh, everyone together. Praise the Lord. Uh, naps. Anyone? Yeah. <laughs> some of you are like, I'm napping right now. Uh, that's fine. How about football season? <laughs> that was a divided response. Uh, how about gum flavor? Anyone ever got like two chews into gum? You're like, I have silly putty in my mouth now. What, is, what am I, or my personal favorite, deodorant protection. Uh, you know who you are. Um, or maybe you don't know who you are. If you're being nudged right now, it's you. Um, <laughs> the reality is, though, that like, we're surrounded by stuff that just doesn't last, right? It seems like nothing... Well, today, as we wrap up the series, I want to talk about something, or more specifically, someone who does. 700 years before the birth of Jesus, the prophet Isaiah wrote about the coming Messiah, and here's what he writes. He said, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called. Here's what you'll call Here are his names. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And for this series, we've been kind of unpacking the different titles given here to Jesus to, to better understand what do they actually mean. And uh, unlike that miserable strand of lights, here we read that Jesus is eternal. We calls him Everlasting Father. Okay, so quick time out. Let me address the elephant in the room. Um, how, how many of you are actually a little bit confused by that title, right? Wait, Jesus is is everlasting father. I thought the father was the father, right? Isn't Jesus the son? And he went a little bit, right? I'm gonna explain it anyway. Um, I found out actually that in uh, the ancient audience that this was written, the word father wasn't exclusively paternal, but it could also be read to mean something like the author of or the originator of, which I, I love that idea that Jesus is the author and originator of the eternal. Simply put, Jesus is forever because he invented forever. And here's the thing I don't want you to miss. It's not just that he invented forever and that we can all kind of marvel at that fact. In fact, he actually doesn't want to keep forever to himself. The author of Ecclesiastes put it this way. He says, he has planted eternity in the human heart. Planted eternity deep in the human heart. It wasn't just like, spoken to us. It wasn't just taught to us. It wasn't even just presented to us. It's, it's planted in us. Does that resonate with anyone this morning? This idea of eternity, whatever we think that means, somewhere deep within us, when we look at all the things that kind of waste away, that don't seem to last, somewhere, I think, in our heart of hearts, we think, eh, this can't be it. This, this can't be the full expression of what life is ultimately about. Well, right here, we read that it, we're designed that way. In fact, we're not just designed that way. This idea of eternity has been planted in us, this longing for something that actually lasts. Now, I don't know about you, but like, I, I have a really hard time wrapping my brain around this idea of eternity. And I think one of the reasons is that my, my days are governed by the tick-tock of the clock, right? Like, I'm very aware of, of time like just leaving at all times like think about it we we have a clock on our stove a clock on our microwave a clock in our car a clock on our phone and just for fashion a clock for our wrist right like I'm always always aware that like the seconds are slipping past doesn't even know what I'm talking about I mean how many times has has the day wrapped up and we thought to ourselves how could the day already be over Maybe you've looked at old photos and you're like, I thought that that was yesterday. I thought that was last week. Sometimes it just feels like time is slipping past us. And yet here is Jesus, the everlasting Father, planting eternity like deep within our hearts. Okay, so let's, let's pump the brakes for just a second because some of you are with me. You're thinking, yeah, this idea of eternity is like really elusive and ethereal, Others of you, though, you're thinking, no, I have a pretty good idea of what eternity is like because I've been here before, right? That's, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I'm, <laughs> I'm fully versed in what forever feels like. In fact, Ian, I've sat through some of your sermons before. I know what eternity feels like, <laughs> right? But, okay, but seriously, though, doesn't, doesn't the idea of eternity or everlasting or forever, doesn't that feel kind of elusive, doesn't it feel a little tough to like really wrap our brains around? And I think part of the reason is because we're living in the here and now, right? Like we're constantly faced with more emails and more notifications and more calendar invites and more things and more stuff. And it's always kind of like whatever's loudest, whatever's closest to the lens, we sort of focus on that. It's really tough to really think about eternity because I have a lot of obligations right here and now we're living in the moment and then we're going to move on to the next moment and then that next moment and I don't know about you but sometimes uh, that just feels exhausting doesn't it like I don't even know that I have time to think about eternity I got stuff to do now we, we tend to think of eternity as like something that we can we'll just sort of deal with later right like way later like like when we die later right and even with that in mind, don't we have some crazy ideas of, of like, what that's going to look like? Like, I don't know what particular view of heaven you were given, but, like, when I was a kid, there was a lot of harp playing. And I was like, I don't know that harp music is my jam, so is there an option B? <laughs> like, and, like, everyone was wearing white bathrobes for some reason, and I was like, it would be a sin to cover this heavenly body with a bathrobe. I don't think that's... <laughs> <laughs> Your laughter hurts me, but it's fine. <laughs> So this this uh, this whole conversation about about eternity, about everlasting, uh, it, it kind of got me thinking. Actually, like, okay, so what what are the things, the moments, the ideas, the concepts that I I wish did last forever? Like, like what are the things when I think back? Like, man, if I could have just had like a couple more minutes, just a little bit longer. Like, I think about it in creation. Have you ever have you ever been watching just like the most glorious sunset? I don't know if maybe you're on vacation or you're with someone you love and you're like watching it, and you're just filled with this moment of like, wow. Don't you just like wish for that moment to last a little bit longer? As, as you're like taking in the hues of orange and red and pink, you're like, oh man, this, if this moment could just last a little bit longer. I've, I've felt it with my son, and um, I, I know that it's a little ridiculous maybe because my son's only two months old, but I'm already looking at him, I'm like, where did the time go? <laughs> you're five pounds heavier which is double your weight from last month that's incredible and it, it's I know that it sounds silly but I look at photos already I'm like I don't even recognize the kid he is today to two months ago it's crazy it's crazy and I know that like that I'm gonna blink and he'll be graduating high school right and he'll be getting married and he'll be moving out hopefully maybe not in that order but you <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying fingers crossed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean though? And I like look at this, this child, this, this thing that I, have like, I've never loved anything like this in my life. And I think, oh my God, this is you are already growing up so fast. Where has the time gone? I've, I've felt it in times of loss. I don't, I don't know if anyone here has ever like actually sat with someone in their final moments. Uh, it is incredibly sobering. And it's one of the strange parts about being a pastor is that I've actually been able to sit with a number of people through the years in their very final moments. And I can't fully explain to you what it's like, but almost every time there's just this longing, like, oh, if I could just have one more cup of coffee with this person, just hear one more story just hear them laugh one more time. Anyone know what I'm talking about? When, when, you, when you lose like someone that's just, they just feel like they're a part of your soul and you're like, ah, if I could just have one more moment. It feels like it's just fleeting. I have even felt it with myself. Like to be totally honest, there are multiple times I look at my life and I'm like, am I actually making a difference? Is this, is this making an impact? Am I, am I spending my time well? Have I made the right Decisions? Have I, have I accomplished enough? So, Jesus, though, is, is everlasting Father, the author and originator of the eternal. I, mean, I, don't, I don't want just joy. I want everlasting joy, right? Like, I don't just want love. I want everlasting love. I don't just want purpose that's here or there, or whatever. I want, I want everlasting purpose. I want something deep. And abiding, something that points way beyond just just me and just my time here. I'm I'm kind of tired of expiration dates and temporary and disposable. Does anyone feel that? Like in the midst of all this Christmas craziness? Like, man, this just kind of came and and went. I'm tired of all this this vapor of the stuff that I know actually isn't going to last. I I really truly believe that the everlasting tugs at all of us probably in different ways, in different forms, but God, God's planted that in us to, f- to feel this longing, like, oh, there's gotta be more than just 401Ks and bigger houses and fancier cars, right? There's gotta be something that, that outlasts this stuff. The apostle John, who, um, who maybe understood this concept better than anybody, uh, describes Jesus this way. He says, we want to tell you about the one being Jesus who was from the beginning, So he's making that very clear, right? Jesus didn't come into existence at the nativity. He pre-exists the nativity. He says, we want to tell you about him. We've seen him with our own eyes. We've heard him with our own ears. We even touched him with our own hands. This one is the manifestation of the life-giving voice, the voice that spoke the universe into existence in Genesis. And he showed us not just life, but real life, eternal life. We've seen it all, and we can't keep what we witnessed quiet. We have to share it with you. We are inviting you to experience eternal life through the one who was with the Father and came down to us. Wow. I I love that picture. John is telling us that Jesus is the giver of real eternal life, but not just that. He's not just offering some anecdotal illustration. He says, and guess what? He's inviting us to be a part of that. He's not just saying, hey, out there somewhere, Jesus is eternal. He's everlasting, he's forever. He's like, no, 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 no. This this voice, this one, this word invites us to participate with him in redeeming and restoring the world, to to give our lives for something beyond ourselves. And did you notice what he said? He didn't just say, uh, someone handed us a pamphlet, we we learned this great truth. He said, no, we we saw, him. we heard him, we even touched him. I think often when we think about The idea of eternity, it sort of feels sort of ethereal and elusive, right? Just sort of like out there somewhere. John stands firmly against that idea. He says, No, no, no. We saw him. We heard him. We touched him. In other words, eternal life isn't simply some product of some intellectual enlightenment or some intangible mystical reality. Jesus, the author of eternity, came in the flesh in bodily form, to give us a deeper, broader, more beautiful vision of what eternity in the here and now looks like. That's unbelievable. That's miraculous, that that God would not only reveal himself, but then invite us and say, hey, you wanna be a part of that? You wanna be a part of what I'm doing in the world? Jesus invites all of us, this everlasting Father, to participate fully what it is that he's doing in the world. And I, uh, I want to unpack briefly three ways that I think he does that. One, uh, he gives us eternal joy. Eternal joy. Now, this is the kind of joy that's a deep, sustaining joy. It isn't rooted in circumstance or emotion. Joy and happiness are very, very different. Has anyone ever woken up happy and went to bed very not happy? Anyone? <laughs> Probably all of us, right? It might have been two minutes after you hit the snooze, right? Like, what do I have to do today? That is not good. Joy is rooted in something way beyond ourselves. It's not rooted in circumstance and emotion. It's a joy that finds its source in someone greater than ourselves. In fact, this joy makes it possible for us to look back on circumstances of grief and sorrow and pain with something that actually moves us past them, helps us see that God is moving even in the midst of them. This kind of abiding joy means that our greatest losses aren't the end of our story, that our greatest longings won't go unfulfilled, and that our greatest mistakes don't define our future. That's very, very good news. This kind of joy doesn't pretend that bad stuff doesn't happen, but says even in the midst of grief and sorrow, that's not the end of the story. Your pain, your sorrow does not get the last word. And the one declaring that is the one who is the author and originator of eternity. Jesus fills us with a sustaining joy. Could any of us use a little bit of that this morning? Maybe for this new year? Some joy that lasts, that goes deep into the soil and doesn't waver based on circumstance and emotion. Secondly, uh, he offers us eternal love. Eternal love, this persevering love that has no brim or bottom, no condition or limits. And I think it's important for us to talk about this because in church circles, we, we talk about love a lot, rightfully so, I think. But it's easy for us to miss, though, I think the power of what Jesus offers us. This kind of love, this eternal love, is a no strings attached, no small print kind of love, which means something powerful for all of us. It means that we're safe in Him. It, me- it means that He loves us as we are, not as we ought to be, because none of us are as we ought to be. That's the good news of the gospel. That Jesus looks at us even in the pit of rebellion and foolishness and sin and doesn't just let us into the club. He looks us in the eye and says, oh, You're my beloved you're my son, you're my daughter. He'll correct us from time to time. But it means that we don't have to fear that our mistakes will mean that his affection will leave us, that it will result in rejection, that in him we're safe and we're home and not even death can separate us. Not even death. Lastly, Jesus came to give us eternal purpose eternal purpose. This kind of steadfast purpose recognizes in each of us that we are the image bearers of the almighty God. We bear his image and likeness. And the goal for us isn't just to like white knuckle it here on planet earth for 80, 90 years and then get sucked out of here when we die. And he says, you were made in my image and likeness. You are my viceroys. Now, join me in the work of redeeming and restoring the world. Could there be a better purpose to give our lives toward? To not just simply like hunker down and wait it out until we get to go up with the bathrobes and the harps, right? Jesus says, no, in the here and now, I want you to usher in eternity here and now, right in your very midst. When Jesus calls us to live out this purpose, he's calling us to live in the fullest form of who we actually are. Jesus was always doing this. He looked at everything through eternal eyes and he never allowed himself to be shackled by the circumstances of his time. I think when we get that, it means that when we're inclined to settle for cheap substitutes or instant gratification, We can remember that Jesus called us as something a whole lot greater than that. A higher purpose. I think Dallas Willard put it best. He put it this way. He said, the point of the gospel is getting into heaven before you die. The point of the gospel is getting into heaven before you die. This is right out of the Lord's Prayer, right? When the disciples asked Jesus, okay, how how should we pray? One of the most recognizable parts, he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? Where? On earth, as it is in heaven. Is it to say a part of our prayer shouldn't be like, "Oh, help me survive it so I can like get to this eternity thing later, way out there when I die"? No, no. A part of our very essence, a part of how we're wired, our DNA is to usher in eternity right here and now in your communities, in your neighborhoods, in your marriages, in your families, in your places of employment. What would it look like if you began to usher in that? kind of living, that kind of purpose into everything that we did. Honestly, I think when we understand that, here's what I think happens. I think all of life then becomes sacred. All of it. There is no sacred secular divide. It's not like well I have my church time and then I have like the rest of my life. Every meal Every conversation, every board meeting, every cup of coffee, every interaction, every conversation is charged with the grandeur of God because we recognize that our purpose is far greater than just simply me and my 90 years on this planet. God says, man, I'm I'm calling, I'm equipping you to live something way bigger, way deeper. So as as we enter into this new year together, can we, can we agree together to, to stop living for the temporary, for the, for the fleeting, for the vapor, for the things that I think most of us know deep down actually won't last anyway? Begin living for the eternal. The Apostle Paul, he wrote to this community of Christ followers in a, uh, a city called Corinth and uh, this community was prone to living for temporal things and here's what he tells them. He says, so we fix our eyes, not... And what is seen, there's one is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is, and what's the word? Eternal. Now, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I really struggle to do this. To fix my eyes, uh, I find incredibly difficult. And what I find that I often do is I'll, I'll glance at the eternal. I'll get a glimpse of the Eternal. Do you know what I usually fix my eyes on? My inbox, right? Like bills to pay. I'm not not saying, like, don't answer emails or pay your bills. Please keep doing that. (laughs) But that's the stuff that I so often easily fix my eyes on. And this, like, other stuff, this eternal stuff, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, If I have extra time. Paul's invitation is, like, don't live like that when we learn to fix our eyes on the author and originator of the eternal, it changes the way that we live our lives. And we begin to see all of life as a sacred expression of not just joy, but eternal joy. Not just love, but eternal love. Not just purpose, but eternal purpose. Now, when you uh, came in this morning, hopefully you were handed one of these blank tags. I want you to pull that out right now. Here, here's what I know about fixing your eyes. It requires intentionality, right? Like, did, has anyone here ever like, like, accidentally become ripped? Anyone? <laughs> no, it doesn't happen. Like, you accidentally became wealthy? No, that's not usually. It's not usually how that goes. You got, you got to be intentional. You got to say that's, that's what I'm going after. That, that's what I want to be about. So. What I want to invite all of us to do right here and now, not tomorrow, not later this week, is to just choose a word. One word that as we wrap up this year is going to be our word, your word for this next year. And I want you to tie this, you know, on your keychain, on your purse, on your steering wheel, somewhere that you'll see it every day. And you'll say, God, give me the strength to actually make this word the eternal thing that I want to be about. Your word might be trust. Maybe you recognize that, man, I, it's been a long time since I've, I've really fully trusted anybody. Maybe there's hurt in your past, someone double-crossed you, someone back, stabbed you in the back, whatever it is. Maybe, maybe your word is trust. God, give me, give me the strength to actually begin to trust again. Maybe your word is margin. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, man, I, I can't think of the last time that I actually took a deep breath. God, give, give me... Give me the strength to actually carve out space for the the people and things that matter most in my life. Maybe your word is courage. You you know there have been times in your life that I know know that I should have said something, I should have spoke up, I should have have acted, but I didn't. God, give me boldness to love people in a way that only you can. Whatever that is, though, I I want you to write it down. I want you to actually put pen to paper right now. Whatever that nudge is, whatever that tug is that maybe you're feeling right now, trust that. Maybe God's planted that in your heart to live for this thing in the next year and not by just pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps and mustering your own strength, but by praying over this. God, help me to be more of this person each and every day. And don't stop there. Share it with people. Share it with your community group. Share it with your family. Post it online. Ask people about theirs. Pray over your cards together. Pray over your word together. What would it look like if a year from now, we all sat in this room, and in honesty, we could say, listen, I'm not perfect at it yet, but man, God has taught me so much about actually trusting people, about actually opening up my heart to safe people in my community. What would it look like if God actually gave me the courage and the strength to be more bold in my relationships, to open my mouth when I've been inclined to not? what would it look like if if we together said I haven't totally nailed it yet but man God's teaching me how to carve out space for the people and things that matter most in my life I don't know about you I I think I think that would be revolutionary what's what's your word what's that one thing the thing you want to fix your eyes on in Matthew's gospel at the very beginning of the story we learn of baby Jesus who's called Emmanuel, God with us. And at the very end of this gospel, after the resurrection, some of the last words that he gives his disciples, he says this, he says, I am with you, what's the word? Always, even to the very end of the age. This everlasting father, he's not off on some distant planet somewhere. He's not sitting, arms crossed, waiting for us to get our lives together. He says, this this eternity thing, do you want to be a part of it with me? Do you want to join me in this work of helping people find their way back to God? Get in here. All of you, regardless of your story, your background, whatever kind of state you came in this morning even. He looks at each of us and says, be a part of this with me. Jesus, this, this everlasting father calls us out of the rat race, treadmill life of trying to be good enough, smart enough, holy enough on our own. He says, why don't you partner with me? Join me in redeeming and restoring this world. What a privilege that he would invite or allow any of us to be a part of that. May we be a people that don't just simply glimpse the eternal, but that we fix our eyes. And it's my sincere belief that when we do, we'll never be the same. Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, loving us with a love that I, uh, I'm more and more aware of how much uh, we just don't deserve it. God, for breath in our lungs, for warm buildings to meet in, warm cars to drive, God, we know that we're incredibly blessed and we know God, you have called us to something way bigger than ourselves may we be a people a community that this next year God that we wouldn't just glimpse at the eternal but we would fix our eyes on you and that you would change us and that we would love others not with our own love God but with the love that you've shown us thank you God for calling us to greater joy greater love greater purpose And we pray all these things in the beautiful name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. So here's what we're gonna do. I wanna give you a couple of minutes to actually write down on those cards, write your actual word. And uh, I want you to pray over it. You can even pray with the people that are near you if you want. Um, But take a couple of moments to actually write that out, to attach it somewhere that you'll see it. And then we're gonna celebrate communion together. We're gonna sing some more. My, My prayer is that you would You would prayerfully write what you feel that God is tugging you towards and that we could celebrate the work that God has done. So take a couple minutes, write on those cards, and then we'll celebrate communion together.